Jesus' name. We're going to start out in Luke chapter number 3, verse number 16. And I, uh, with the help of the Lord, we're going to preach this, teach this. Uh, and if we need to continue it on a different day, we will. But hopefully I can get through everything that uh, the Lord has placed on my heart to bring before you on this evening. The Lord's been dealing with me about a few things, and one thing that I plan on teaching this Wednesday, uh, unless the Lord changes my, uh, my mind, he's been dealing with me about having an answer for the counterculture. Having an answer for the counterculture. Uh, we are amongst, and this is not anything new, but there's been a number of counter cultures, uh, but I believe the church needs to have an answer for people that ask questions. If you are not able to answer why we do what we do, then you are not going to be able to stand strong in this day because there is a counter culture that is out there questioning why. Well, what's the purpose? Is it really real? Is that true? And it is important to understand biblically. Are y'all with me right now? Understand biblically why we do what we do. And so I feel led to teach on that very strongly on Wednesday. And uh, I would like all of our young people to be in here on Wednesday, uh, unless the Lord changes my, my spirit, okay? Uh, but I think it's important for all ages to understand the whys and uh, to be able to combat this counterculture. Uh, and I'm not against questions. I've said that before in this church. You should be able to ask a question. If, if you attend a church and you're not allowed to ask a question, you're in the wrong church. If you challenge the preacher and you're challenging him with the word now, now, I don't, I'm not saying nothing else. you got an attitude and you challenging a preacher, then you got a problem now. All right? But if you want to ask the preacher a question concerning the word of God, you should be able to ask him a question. And he should be able to look at you and give you an answer according to the scriptures. If you attend a church and he ain't give you an answer according to the scriptures, you're in the wrong church. Wrong church. I don't need an opinionated preacher. But we need Bible preachers. Glory be to God. We need Bible preachers. And this world is searching for Bible answers. Amen. Amen. We had a gentleman this morning come up and uh, he said, Brother, I've been baptized before, but it was in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But today I learned that the scriptures say that we must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? When you just show people the word. And then you let them respond to the word. You don't have to push prime. You don't have to do anything to nobody. Just show them the word. Then it's up to them to make the decision. Amen? Amen, amen. So that's just, well, I ain't going to preach that tonight, but I'm, I'm going to talk about that on Wednesday. All right? So with the help of the Lord, that is what I desire to do. Luke 3.16, thank you for standing for so long, but we're only going to read this one verse. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, that latcheth of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He's saying, I'm not even to unbuckle his shoes, not even unlace his shoelaces. I'm not even worthy to do that, which was a duty of a servant, that when you walked into the home or to the palace, especially the king's palace, the servants will undo the shoes of the leadership in order for them because they've been walking on dirt roads. And so he says, I'm not even worthy to do that. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So I want to preach just for a few moments on that latter part. And with fire. We talk about the Holy Ghost. I want us to learn today about the fire. Because the scripture says, and with fire. 
So we're going to dive into this just for a moment as we bring out all the things that are happening today. We're going to tie all this together and how we need a baptism of the Holy Ghost and with fire. Lord, speak to our hearts here today. Help us, oh God, to help us, uh, to teach us and talk to us. God, be with us, Lord. I need some water. God, I pray, Lord, that you may give me greater understanding and revelation even as I speak. Lord, this is your church. These are your people. We are your sheep. I am your vessel. Use me, God, according to your glory. In Jesus' name. Somebody clap your hands and shout amen. You may be seated, presence of the Lord. I want to build some foundation here before I go into this new world order, this one world government, and what I want to really teach on this evening so that we are made aware of what is happening even at this very moment and how this applies to us in our Christian walk. The scripture says in John chapter 1, verse number 26, John answered them saying, I baptize you with water, but here standeth one among you whom you know not. So the scripture now here is letting us know that John recognizes him, but the others do not recognize him. He says, there's one standing here, but you don't know him. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away, somebody say, sin. Sin of the world. Now, the word sin is not plural, but it is singular. Notice that in the scripture. You see that? It does not say sins of the world, but it says sin. Now, you and I know that there are more than one sin in this world. See, the thing is about God, though, is that he sees all sin as just sin. It doesn't matter if it's big or small, great or little. He sees all sin as sin. So, therefore, the scripture says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. See, the sins in this world may have consequences unlike other sins, and we consider them great sins and others small sins, but God considers it all just sin. And the Bible says he come to take away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me. So now John has given them understanding. Remember who I talked to you about yesterday. Today is a new day. Here is the one whom I'm talking about. For he is or he was before me. And I, verse number 31, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. So now John has given us understanding that he really didn't know who he was until he received clarification. So let's learn about that. It says, and I knew him not, but that he should be manifest be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, am I coming baptizing with water? And John bare record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him. Now, do you see how John now is giving clarification? This is why I know who he is, because God gave me a sign of who he is. So the spirit that was descending from heaven was a sign from, for John. And it says, and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. See, oftentimes we are told that that spirit that was descending down when the heavens opened up is a third person in the Godhead. But the spirit represented God. But that was a sign for John. See, John the Baptist was given a sign because oftentimes you and I need signs. God can tell us something specifically, but it is good when God gives us a sign. See, the Lord can give you a word, but we as human beings, sometimes we need something tangible or we need something visual that we can see to go along with the word that God had already given John the Baptist. 
Am I losing you already? Are y'all with me? Are you with me? Uh-huh. I'm trying to help somebody understand the scriptures because people misinterpret the scripture. They say, see there, there's the spirit. See, there's God, then there's the son, then there's the spirit. No, the spirit was, just, was a sign for John the Baptist. And when he seen the sign rest upon Jesus Christ, and the Bible says it abode upon him and stayed there, that was a sign to say the spirit, meaning God is in Jesus Christ. And when he seen that sign, it confirmed to him he's the one. He's the one. For the Bible says in John 4, 24, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I want to give you more clarification that this spirit is God and that the spirit is of the Lord. For the Bible says in Isaiah 59, chapter number 21. I want to pause here for a second. I'm going to be going through a lot of information tonight. All right. Take great notes. If you are a not a very good note taker when it comes to scripture. In the Bible app, if you download an app called the Holy Bible, maybe we'll pull it up, put it up on the screen at the end of service. I put all of the scriptures that I read in this Bible app. So you can simply go to that app and you can recover all of those scriptures so that you can write them down. I'm going to be going through a lot of them. Isaiah 59, chapter, excuse me, verse number 21. It says, as for me, this is my covenant with them. Saith who? The Lord. He says, my spirit that is upon thee. And my words, which I have put in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth. So notice the scripture says, it is my covenant from the Lord who said it, my spirit that is upon me and my words, which I have put in thy mouth. Ezekiel chapter number 39, verse number 29 says, neither will I hide my face anymore from them, for I have poured out whose spirit? My spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. And so notice it keeps saying, my spirit, my spirit. Somebody say, my spirit. It's not another spirit, it's God, his spirit. So that's why the Bible says in Acts chapter number 2, verse number 17, it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days. Somebody say, the last days. Saith who? I will pour out of what? My spirit upon who? All flesh. So it's not another spirit. It's not a third person in a Godhead. No, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you receive God's spirit on the inside of you. Woo, hallelujah. He said he will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. That's why I tell people the Holy Ghost is more than speaking in tongues. It's more than just a little speaking in tongues here or there and now and then. No, the Holy Ghost is your guide. The Holy Ghost is your protector. The Holy Ghost is your leader. The Holy Ghost becomes your father. The Holy Ghost becomes your guidance, your instruction, your wisdom, your understanding. The Holy Ghost becomes your all and all. So if you think you're only missing speaking in tongues, you've missed this whole thing about the Holy Ghost. Uh, because it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you've got God's spirit on the inside of you. You're not talking about a third person in a Godhead, but you have God. Hallelujah. You have Christ in you. I still get excited about that. <laughs> In John chapter 1, verse number 33, it says, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And that's where we get to our opening scripture, Luke chapter number 3, verse number 16. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh. The latcheth of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And then the scriptures say, whose fan is in his hand. He will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner. But the shaft, he will burn with fire unquenchable. So that's why the scripture says in 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 7, speaking of the fire that is unquenchable. 
that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with, somebody say fire, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So that's why we find in Job chapter number 23, verse number 10, he says, but he knoweth the way that I take when he hath tried me I shall come forth as gold church we are in the middle of a trial of our faith and this trial is by fire we are in the middle of a trial of our faith and this trial is by fire the book of revelations reveals that at some point in time the Antichrist will be able to track and control all financial transactions and that no man will be able to buy or sell anything unless he has the mark of the beast. So let's look at this here. First of all, well, a couple things. Who is the Antichrist? And then let's look at the spirit of the Antichrist. So let's first deal with the spirit of the Antichrist before we look at who the Antichrist is. For the Bible speaks of the spirit of the Antichrist. We find that in scripture. Let's go to 2 John chapter number 1, verse number 7. The Bible says, for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an Antichrist. You see that? Oh, y'all don't see it. Well, let me read it one more time then. Come on now. Don't, don't be failing me now. For many deceivers are entered into the world. 2 John chapter 1, verse number 7, just to reiterate. Who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. The Bible says this is a deceiver and an antichrist. 1 John chapter number 2. Verse number 20. Oh, I, I apologize. These are my added notes. Yeah, that's on me. That's right. I'm trying to think like, why don't you have these scriptures? I should have took a nap this afternoon. See, this buckle up, y'all. Buckle up. I, I got notes here. I got notes. Say, I want to leave here educated. Amen. We'll leave here educated. First John chapter number two, verse number 20. It says, but ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. So who is a liar? That's a good question. But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. Woo, that's powerful. Who is a liar but one that denies that Jesus is the Christ, or the anointed one, the Messiah. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Now let's look at this in Daniel chapter number 8. Daniel 8, starting at verse number 23. We're still dealing with the spirit of the Antichrist. Now Daniel dives into the acts, the deeds of the Antichrist. And what we are to know about the Antichrist. It says, and in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up, and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power, and he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper. And practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. These are the deeds of the Antichrist. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2 starting at verse number 1. Listen to this here now. I gave you Old Testament. Now we're going to go to the New Testament. It says, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. That ye be not soon shaken in mind, 
or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us. As that the day of Christ is at hand, let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. Or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So there is one coming. So the scripture talks about the spirit of Antichrist. That spirit is already prevalent in this day. People that are denying that Jesus is Christ. People that are denying that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he came, God came in the flesh. That spirit is already here. And that spirit has been around for years. And it has deceived many. And now the scripture is letting us know about the one that is coming. That is powered by the devil. That's where his power comes from. It comes from the devil. And he's going to exalt himself and try to be as God. The scripture says showing himself that he is God. That's why the Bible says in Revelations 13... Verse number 16, and he calls us all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save that, that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, until recent times, listen to this now, until... Not until recent times did people understand how this prophecy could possibly come to pass. There was simply no way that anyone could control the buying and selling activities on such a large scale. Not until today. Global governments and corporations have nearly completed their control grid, making it possible for them to track and control all of your financial transactions. Modern technology has created a brave new electronic world without borders. With modern computing technology, satellites, we're going to get to that, satellites, GPS, biometric, and smart card technology, people can now be tracked within three feet anywhere in the world. Some of you don't believe that. I'm going to prove it to you. Hear, hear me now. Our individual and national rights and freedoms are being systematically destroyed in the name of globalization, unity, peace, and security. I'm going to say that again because you need to, for those of you that watch TV, pay very close attention to your commercials. You're going to hear this. Unity, peace, security. Unity, peace, security. Listen very closely. Read your papers very closely. You're going to hear this constantly. Unity, peace, security. Our individual and national rights and freedoms are being systematically destroyed. In the name of globalization, unity, peace, and security. It seems only a matter of time before they slam the door shut and require people to have some form of ID when buying and selling. I am not sure how the mark will be imprinted on the hand or the forehead. I am not saying everything described here will necessarily become the mark of the beast. What I am saying and warning the church about is that whatever the mark of the beast turns out to be and however it is implemented, you and I are being prepared to accept it today. We're being prepared today to accept it without question as the infrastructure is being constructed all around us to make it possible. Your movements and access to resources are now being controlled and in many cases citizens are being deprived of their constitutional rights in the name of safety and security. The architecture of oppression is appearing around us. In the month of March of this year, whole cities emptied under the coronavirus. Threat as businesses tell employees to work from home. Students are sent indoors to learn online and every type of entertainment from restaurants, sporting venues, and movie theaters, all forcing people to stay home and rely on their home broadband networks to interact with the outside world. There's a conspiracy theory out there that says that the COVID 
19, the coronavirus was released to help fast track what I'm about to talk about right now, which is 5G. If you could put up that image for me, the 1G, 5G, 1, 2, 3, yeah, 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 that one right there. So I was blessed to be able to work for AT&T a couple years ago. Many of you know that. Brother Carson, I heard about this in 2018, all right? See, I want you to know something. When things are released into our day, they've been working on it for years. And by the time we get the information, it's already in progress. They're just waiting on the, some people just to catch up. That's all it is. They've been working on this stuff for years. I want to talk to, to you a little bit because, see, when you think about the 5G, it's a network, and that's what people understand it as, and that's what they're going to promote it as, as a network only that gives you faster communication, quicker, lightning speed. You can download a movie. You can download this video. You can do this quicker, faster, easier. And people say, I want that. I want quicker, faster, easier. I want that. Anything that seems convenient, the world hops on. Church does too. We've got to be careful. I want you to listen now because if you think about all the way back to 1G, that's just the early start of, of, of cell phones. I mean, some of y'all used to have them bag phones in y'all car. Oh, y'all ain't saying amen right now, huh? I'm giving you age. Yeah, you had them bag phones in your car. Well, maybe you could have been a little, I guess, a little, had a little money to have one of them bag phones. They were probably very expensive. But then 2G came out. Oh, it changed the world because now you can have a flip phone. Uh, some of y'all call those dumb phones because now they're called smartphones. Uh -huh, but they're still called, they're flip phones. That was 2G network. It was a flip phone network. And then 3G came out. It changed everything because that's when the iPhone launched. And now the phones went from dumb phones to smartphones. It went from a 2G network to a 3G network. And now the 3G network was a smartphone where you can actually do things on your phone. Internet things on your phone. And then 4G came out and it really expanded everything. Because now on your cell phone, how many of you have been talking on your cell phone about a particular item and then you go back to your cell phone and the item pops up? Like, wait a minute. Who's listening to you? You looking at your phone wondering like, how did they know I was just shopping that? You're online shopping for things and it pops up. That's 4G network. That's what the 4G network was capable of doing. It was able to track the things that you've been looking at, track the things, what's going on, and then they will use pop-up advertisement. You know there's companies that pay billions of dollars to do that stuff. Billions of dollars to do those things. And now, even with the 4G network that's in operation right now, some of you enjoy the luxury of FaceTiming. You enjoy the luxury of being able to uh, connect with people all across the world, all over the Internet. That's what 4G does. You couldn't do that with 3G. Now... Years ago, when I was working with AT&T, they said, there's a new network coming. It's called 5G. And everybody's like, ooh, tell us about it. And they said, you're going to love 5G. It's something even greater. What 5G does, we call it a connected community. We are connecting your world. That's what they say. That's what they said back in 2018. That's why you have this image of 5G. It's connecting everything together. And what they're doing is they already have it in place, y'all. I'm telling you, if you don't know about this stuff, they already have it in place where they have connected communities. They make it to where if a community is set up on 5G. Now, when I say community, I'm talking about everything. It's connected to a 5G network from vehicles to ambulance, uh, police stations, Everything's connected on one network. So therefore, they say, well, when something happens, it's easier for people to communicate. Now, I want you to know how all this network stuff got started. It all started with 9-11. See, when 9-11 happened, the people said that they could have saved more lives if they were able to communicate better. And if you tell Americans we could save more lives, they're going to jump on that. And they're going to say, what do we need to do to save more lives? So they start building an underground network. People didn't know it, but it was being built underground right after 9-11 happened. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And this network was first given an opportunity. So this 5G's been around, but it was first made available, and it's still made available. If you go to your local stores right now, uh, it, it's made available to first responders. Uh-huh. 
Brother Mike Madrid, have you had anybody call you and try to get you on this first responder network? Yes, he has. He raised, yeah, huh? Because they, they go after people in that field. It's called first responder. What it is, it's a certain network, and you have to have this certain kind of chip, this, this chip in your phone. It's a black chip, and it goes into your phone, so that means if any disaster happens, if anything takes place, and you are trying to get on your phone, and you cannot have a network or a signal because there's a tornado, there's some major storm, there's something taking place to where it's causing power lines to go down, or a lot of people are congesting the network, and you can't get through, if you got a black card, you can get right through because you're connected to an underground network. Stuff has been going on for a while. And so now they launched the 5G to the world. So now what does that mean? The interesting thing is about this 5G network is that the network is so powerful, it is so strong that it can connect everything in the city. So everyone can be on the same network all at the same time. Let me give you more information. In March 20th of this year, a company by the name of SpaceX, SpaceX got a key government license that last week, according, uh, according, uh, as of March 20th, federal filings reveal as the company clears a regulatory hurdle that moves it closer to offering a new high-speed internet service from space. Did anybody, before I read on, did anybody see about a month and a half ago, maybe even shorter than that, you've seen some things going in the sky. You probably thought they was just, I don't know what you thought they were, shooting stars or whatever. But you've seen some things take place in the sky, and it was going. Did you see it, Pastor Davenport? Anybody else? You've seen some things shooting off. Uh-huh, there were some lights. They were going across in the sky. It wasn't talked about. It wasn't big on the news. But you've seen some things going in the sky. This, this is what this was. It was SpaceX. They have been, let me keep reading, the FCC has authorized SpaceX to begin rolling out as many as one million of the ground antenna the company will need to connect users to its Starlink satellite internet work, or excuse me, network. Starlink is SpaceX plan to build an interconnected network or constellation of about 12,000 small satellites to provide high-speed internet to anywhere in the world. Satellites are already being put in the sky. And these satellites, they say, is to provide a high-speed internet. Give me that other picture there. This is what SpaceX is wanting to do. They're wanting to have so many satellites in the sky to where no matter where you are, they can track you. That's what it is. It's a tracking device. We, they promote it as it's something great for our community. And it's going to make life easier for people in your neighborhood. They will never talk about what it really is. But what it is, they want to get all these satellites in the sky so no matter where you are, they know exactly where you are. You don't think the government, if they wanted to, can tap into uh, a, a laptop or a book or anything? That's why they say be careful with these laptops and TVs with, uh, with cameras on them. Oh, if they wanted to, they could. They're putting so many satellites in the sky right now that it can track you no matter where you are. You know what's already taking place? I want you to understand something. You know, China, where the coronavirus outbreak first started, and I want you to know something. This coronavirus is real. Okay? They are trying to put out different rumors that it's not. They're trying to say different things that, no, it's not this or it's not that. No, it's real. The virus is real. And what's taking place is real. Here's the interesting thing is that China, where the outbreak they say first started, China required everybody. We're talking China. You know how big China is? They required everyone to download an app on their phone. If they did not download this app on their phone, which was a tracking device, they were reprimanded. They were required to download an application on their phone. This application was a tracking device to know where they were. So then if they would test positive, they would know where they have been in the last 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's right. That's right. 
They know where they've been, so then they can contact the place to let them know this is where someone has been, and they've had the, uh, this coronavirus, so you may want to get people checked that's been there within the last 48 hours. Safety, security, peace. Listen to those words, church. Safety, security, peace. I'm telling you, watch, watch what is taking place. See, every phone has a chip in it. Okay? Every cell phone has a chip. That chip connects to a satellite. That satellite connects to that chip. That chip connects to an app that's on their phone. So that's how they're able to track things everywhere. And once they get all these satellites up, just how they want it, they want to be able to track everyone and know exactly where you are. Because if you don't fall in line with what the government says and what this world is saying is doing, they can reprimand you. And they won't have any problems finding people. I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of amens, but I'm just, I'm teaching you today. I'm, I'm telling you, this is where we are. This is what we're living in. This 5G network, it's not coming. No, it's here. They're, they've already put 60 satellites in the sky. That's what you've seen happening. They've already put them up there. They're up there right now. Ready to go, operation. They're putting more up just as we speak. They're steady going up there because they want everything to be together. Before I move on, I want to pause here for a second. Because what we are dealing with and what people are doing in power, in seats of power, they are wanting to put things in such a way to where you and I either comply or we don't comply. The more and more that the government can take power of in the name of safety and in the name of unity is moving closer and closer to the new world order. Okay? Hospitals used to report to the CDC, and then the CDC reported to the White House. Not anymore. Now they go straight to the White House. They go straight to the White House now. They're not reporting to the CDC. President says, well, I think they're inflating numbers to make me look bad because of the presidential race. See, that's neither here nor there. Whether that's true or false, anytime the government can take power over something, they just take it little by little in the name of safety, and in the name of peace. Listen for it. Listen for it. While not downplaying the seriousness of this pandemic, anytime any virus takes one life, that is one life too many. But countries are closing their borders, restricting travel, locking down cities, introducing social distancing rules, driving millions unto unemployment, and taking actions that are uh, inflicting a financial crisis like we've never seen before. This whole coronavirus scare may be, in effect, a beta test of government's ability to control its economy and citizens and to gauge the adaptive capacities, how compliant citizens are to government's mandates. It is what many people are calling the new norm. Many of us have said that out of our mouth. Many people have heard that. The new norm. When it comes to the network, when it comes to the direction that we're going in and the things that are happening, those things are already taking place. In our neighborhoods, in this city, in this county, in our world. China is moving at such a rapid rate. Some of you have maybe even heard our president say that China's not our friend. Some of you, if you stay, if you pay close attention to those things, they're moving at such a fast rate and they're buying up so many things and so many businesses are, are going uh, and partnering with China. All these different things because China's moving fast when it comes to their ability to track people, when it comes to their ability to know where you are, who you are, and what you've been doing. See, we have to be very careful. Now, there's nothing you can do as far as, what about my cell phone? What about this pastor? No, 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 no. It, it goes way beyond your cell phone. Your cell phone, you don't even have, don't even worry about that. 
Don't, don't even worry about that. It goes way beyond that. They're thinking bigger than that. They're trying to figure out because the 5G network is so strong that it could track a chip if it was in your body. And I want to educate somebody here today. The chip has already been implanted in people. Matter of fact, there are some businesses that are already encouraging people to implant the chip. There are places, don't you know, there's some places that will not take cash anymore. They're calling it a shortage on change. Anybody ever been somewhere you wanted to pay cash? They said, well, we don't have change for that. They're saying it's a shortage on change. Church, I, I, I'm, tell, I'm trying to wake somebody up here today. This is the time that we're in. We're moving closer and closer to a cashless society. When that coronavirus hit, and, and it's still taking place. You can go some places, they won't take cash. They're saying that exchange of that money is dirty. We don't want that. Only take a card. They'll stick that thing out the window. You got to swipe it yourself. I want to just come in there and just make my own burger too. Why don't I just make my own sandwich? How about that? <laughs> if I got to swipe my card, do this, do that, how about this? I'm going to drop my own fries. Because <laughs> they don't be hot enough sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to do all this work, give me some hot fries at least. Praise God. <laughs> huh? I'm telling you, we're moving closer and closer to it. Shortage change. Ca uh, 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 a shortage on, on, on cash and change. Why? Because they don't want you to have cash anymore. You know, when everything began to take place just a few months ago, I remember my wife saying, babe, we need to go to the bank and withdraw some money. Did anybody try to go to the bank and get all your money out? Because you couldn't. I went to the bank, and they said, you're only allowed to get this much money. I said, wait a minute. This is my money. You mean to tell me I can't get my money? You mean to tell me I cannot take out the money that I deposited into this bank? I can't withdraw? They said, sorry, sir. You're only allowed to take this much money. I must have been full of the spirit that day. I was, <laughs> okay, th thank you. I'll survive off of this. Uh, well, baby, we might not get diapers today. We, we might have to reuse them. We got to go. We got to go back old school. <laughs> It's true. They only allowed you to take so much. Isn't it amazing when something takes place that pumps fear into the hearts of this world, everything changed just like that. Everything changed. And the whole time, they've got this network out here that the, that the, the, the people in power, the people that are sitting in seats of power, political, the money, the movers, the shakers, they've been doing this behind the scenes the whole time. Because they know where they want to go. What we are casually calling the new normal is directing us to the new world order. So what is the new world order? The new world order is simply world government. It's not just any world government. It's the world government of the Antichrist. And it's forming right now. The 5G network that is out right now that is able to find you no matter where you are is a part of the New World Order. Okay? I, I, I wish I could take a little bit more time and dive a little bit more into that, but it's a part of the New World Order. That network, the 4G network was plenty fast. All they had to do was just increase the speed if they wanted to because they had the technology to do that, by the way. If they want things to be seamless and easier for people, they could just increase speed. They didn't have to make it to where there's a connectivity and a way to find you no matter where you are. But these space satellites that's already been approved by the FCC, you see this? Government's already been involved in this. Everything that's been approved by the FCC, satellites already going up in the sky so that they can track you no matter where you are and know exactly what you've been doing. Because they are getting ready for people to act out of line. You know who they're getting ready for? The church. 
That's who they're getting ready for. I, I just want y'all to know that because we've seen small samples of it the first go around. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to wake you up today, folks. They're getting ready for the church. Because if there's anyone that's going to buck a system, it's going to be the church. Because we are not ignorant. We see what's going on. We know what's taking place. We realize the day that we're living in. And we won't just lay down and comply. The new world order is forming right now. Believe it or not, it's actually on the back of your dollar bill. Does anybody have a dollar in their pocket? Anybody got a dollar? Does anybody carry cash? <laughs> I might have to change my message right now. <laughs> anybody got a dollar? Huh? Oh, I got one right here, right here. Okay. If you've got a dollar, bring your dollar out. Is, is, is everyone aware that the, your dollar bill says New World Order on it? Huh? Okay, I, I didn't get everybody to say yes, so. It, can, you, can you pull up the image, if you can, please? H here it is right here, okay? Now, if I had the time, I, I, I would break everything down. The eagle, that's, see, every, every symbol on here has a meaning. Things that are placed on this is not by accident. Somebody that just didn't come together and say, oh, that looks very nice. Let's just put that on the dollar bill. Everything on here has a meaning, all right? So I, I, maybe I'll take the time to teach on everything that's, that's on this dollar bill. But right now, I just want to talk about this new world order because it's on your dollar. All right? It's right here in Latin. Right there. Oh, excuse me. It's nuvos ordo seclorum. I probably jacked that all up. That's how we go pronounce it today. That's close enough. Praise God. Nuvos, new, ordo, order, socorum, secular, or world. It's right there on the dollar bill. So, where did that come from? New world order. Who put it there? Well, listen to this. I want you to know, come to find out, it's been there since 1935. Believe it or not, it, has, it was put there by U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt. What, what was he thinking when he put new world order on the back of a dollar bill? I've come to find out that Roosevelt had dreams of building a one-world governmental system, and he's the driving force behind the establishment of the United Nations. So when he put the new world order in 1935, he was already planning ahead to 1945 when the United Nations would actually be born. So that's the background and understanding of the new world order. The UN is and was created to bring about world government, a world religion, a world order. That's what it was put in place for. And it shows it right here on a dollar bill. Oh, I wish I had the time. You need to understand some that eye there, that's all for a purpose. They consider that the third eye. Talk about intellect, insight. That's what that, that's, that's all about. And you see a lot of people who are part of these different social clubs. I don't even know why I call them social clubs. But they're a part of these different uh, groups and things. And large, one big one is called the Illuminati. They have certain symbols where they do their hands like this. And that's all given that symbol. Talking about a third eye, a, a group. I wish I had the time to really dive into a lot of these things. But you've got to understand, that's why you've got to be very careful when people are talking about a third eye, this intervision, uh, this inner thing that they know, and this, this insight that they have about the world, this insight that they have. It's all about trying to get you connected into a new world system. Anything they can do. That's why there's, there's something called big data. They call it big data in the tech world, okay? It's called big data. What they do is they track everything. Every time you're on a phone, every time you're on any kind of device, whether it's on a computer, anything, they track everything you touch, everything you go to, they track it. Because they want to know who you are, what you like, what's your dislikes, what are the things that you like to do at certain particular times. It's called big data. And people spend billions of money to collect all this data so that they can just contour things to your life. So then they can have a better understanding of what people in Lafayette think like. They can have a better understanding of what people in Lafayette like to do. It's called big data. 
and it's all a part of a new world order. Somebody say, church, wake up. Say, church, wake up. Say, church, wake up. Everything that I'm preaching about today is real. Everything that I'm teaching about today is going on right now. Everything, when it comes to the network that's already been built, a network that is enhancing, a network that is being used to track people right now in China, the U.S. now is starting to enhance on that network because of the coronavirus. Why am I saying that? I'm trying to help you understand for those of you that think the coronavirus is going to go away anytime soon and think that we're going to be fine for the next five to ten years, that is not true. I want you to understand this, and you hear it from this pastor right here. There is going to be more viruses that is going to come. You know there's one that's already out that they haven't just announced yet? Oh, I made some of you pause on that one. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. It still deals with your respiratory system. It still deals with areas that are very relatable to COVID-19, but you don't test positive for COVID-19. There's going to be things that are going to take place that are going to shake people. And the government in this world will do everything in the name of safety and in the name of peace. And if you are a threat to safety and peace, they will come after us. Yes, they will, church. They will attack us. It's all in West Lafayette. You can't go nowhere without a mask on right now. It is mandatory. Now, hear me and hear me very well. I'm not I'm just using the mask as an example, whether you wear it, whether you don't. That's that's not neither here nor there. I'm just saying it's all a platform. It's all a beta test to see who's going to comply. Church, if you're not talking about this or at least being educated about the things that I'm talking about and then educate your children about it, you must do it. Because it's going to happen in our school systems just here in a couple weeks. If you don't comply, oh no, you, you think they go let your child in school? And it's only going to get larger and larger on a bigger scale, especially from the government. That's what they're doing. Tracking who is going to comply or not. Somebody say, church, wake up. Come on, church, wake up. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 13, verse number 11, and now, and that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed the night is far spent the day is at hand let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light let's lift our hands right now unto the Lord and just magnify him God help us Lord right now in the name of Jesus Christ Hallelujah. 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 Help us, God. Somebody shout, Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Jesus is coming. Are you ready? 
The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse number 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The Bible says in our opening text that we read in Luke 3, 16, John answers saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh. That latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and, somebody say, with fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Fire is used to burn off impurities. We need the fire of God in our life. We need the fire of God in our life. We need the Holy Ghost and fire. We need the fire of God to correct us. We need the fire of God to ignite us. I want to tell this church right now that the fire of the Holy Ghost is real and the fire of the spirit is for correction the fire of the spirit is for igniting the bible says whose fan is in his hand see some of us have the holy spirit but we are lacking the ignition of the fire we are not allowing the fire of the holy ghost to purge us and to cleanse us as it should. I'm telling you with all the things that are happening in our day right now it's not the time to walk out of here and say well I don't know about all that. No it is real because it is Bible. The Bible is trying to let us know that we are in the last days. The Bible says perilous times shall come in the last days. Well I'm here to preach to somebody that we are in perilous times whether you see it or not whether you're hiding from it or you can see it bright as the sun I'm trying to tell you no matter where you are in your life you need to get your life right tonight because it is important to have the Holy Ghost and fire I need the fire to shake off the things that I need to get rid of I need the fire to purge me from the things I need to get rid of I need the fire to burn off all the impurities I cannot afford to go another day and not have the fire of the Holy Ghost I need the fire to purge my heart I need the fire to purge my mind I need the fire to quicken my spirit I cannot go another day thinking that I'm okay when I don't have the fire of the Holy Ghost because the fire is in you so that he can correct you. Stop quenching the spirit of the fire. It's the fire of the Holy Ghost that's saying you better not do that. You better not go there. Look at the time that we're living in. They are setting up perfectly for the Antichrist. I'm trying to tell you that the Antichrist is here now. Ooh, I knew that, that'll shake some of you. That'll, that'll shake some of you. Oh, that spirit is prevalent right now. And we will be and we shall suffer persecution. So I want to know, are you able to stand? Will you be able to stand in this day? Will you be able to stand on Jesus Christ? Or are you going to be easily shaken by fear and by uncertainty? Because I'm here to tell you, there's going to be some people in the church that will be shaken. But I wonder, do I have a testimony? Do I have a witness in the house here today that says I shall not be moved? I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved because we need the Holy Ghost and we need the fire because when you have fire it will ignite you to do more it will ignite you to tell somebody it will ignite you to get you to the next level well, what level are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about a level of faith. We go from faith to faith, glory to glory. It's important to be ignited by God so that he can push you to the next level of faith. Because we're going to need all the faith that we can muster up in order to stand in this evil day. If you got one foot in, one foot out, you're not 
going to make it. Matter of fact, you're lukewarm. The Bible says, I wish that you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Somebody needs the fire of the Holy Ghost. I want to know that Jesus loves me. I want to know that he's pleased with me. I want to know that he smiles upon me. Well, you need the Holy Ghost and you need the fire. I need somebody to shout fire. I want to, can I preach for just two more minutes? Two more minutes. I want the fire now so I don't have to suffer fire later. God purge me. God work on me. God move me because I don't want fire to come down burn my life. I'd rather suffer the persecution of God right now. I'd rather stand for Jesus Christ right now because one of these days I'm going to have to stand before him in judgment and I want him to say well done thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So now I'm here telling somebody receive the fire. Receive the fire. Receive the fire. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the fire. If you understood, and if you can feel how close we are to the coming of the Lord, nobody would have to urge you and push you and beg you to come to the house of the Lord. If you understood how close we are to the coming of the Lord, you would make a decision today and say, I've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. If you knew how close we were to the coming of the Lord, you would fall on your knees and say, Lord, I need that fire. See, I need you to understand two principles right now. When I'm talking about fire, I'm not talking about running, jumping, and leaping. The fire I'm talking about is, is after you come back down, you still got to walk. You still got to talk. You still claim Jesus. Maybe, let me try this out of the church. I'm talking about after you come back down, you still got to walk. You still got to talk. Or oh, do y'all hear me right now? I'm trying to tell you right now, that's the fire that's going to get you over to glory. That's the fire I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the brother Mike Mendez leaping and touching the ceiling. I'm talking about the fire that when you come back down, you still stand firm. You still trust in Jesus. You still hold on to holiness by which no man can see the Lord. That's the fire that I'm talking about. I'm talking about a fire that when I look at my brothers and sisters and say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm talking about the fire that when my own family told me that you're not going to make it, I can say I'm still here. I'm talking about the fire that no matter who I, where I'm at, where I'm at who I'm around, who I'm talking to, I'm going to claim the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm standing on that word. I'm standing on that. That's the fire I'm talking about. Hallelujah. When you have that fire, you will allow it to correct you. When you have that fire, you will say, Lord, purge me. Search my heart. Cleanse me. When you have that fire, it will ignite you to think of yourself and to believe in him in such a way that you walk by faith and not by sight. That's the fire that we need. Let's lift our hands to heaven right now. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I wonder if we can just turn this atmosphere into an atmosphere of worship for a moment. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, baptize us with fire right now. Send your fire down right now. Send your fire down right now. In the name of Jesus Christ.
in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray now, as we close this service, I pray that you may baptize both young and older. God, I pray, God, that there's not a young person in this house that says, I have my whole entire life to live. God, I pray, Lord, that you may get a hold of that person's heart right now. God, I pray, Jesus, that we may put nothing before you, that we won't put a man, a woman, a boy, or girl before you, God, but God, purge us right now. Speak to our hearts right now, God. Baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Lord, we need you, Lord, uh, to come and speak to our hearts individually right now. God, I pray, Lord, for the man that is being the person that you, Lord, can only get his heart. God, I pray for the woman that you, Lord, can only get her heart. Lord, you know who I'm speaking to right now under the unction of the Holy Ghost. God, move upon that man. Move upon that woman. Move upon that boy. Move upon that girl. Move upon us as individuals right now. Help us, Jesus, right now, not to quench the spirit, but help us, Lord, yield over to you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Without belaboring this point, I've said enough today. I want the Lord to speak to your heart right now. I just wonder for a few moments, or as long as you need the Lord to deal with you, because some of us need to ask God, for forgiveness. Some of us need to ask God for, we need to cry out with the spirit of repentance. Some of us here today need the fire. You haven't lost the fire. Now, let me educate you right now. You haven't lost it. You've just been quenching it. Uh-huh. You haven't lost it. You've just been quenching it. He's been trying to correct you. You've just been quenching it. He's been trying to push you. You've just been quenching it. We need the Holy Ghost and fire. Come on, where?